Yeah. I was talking about my clients the other day, and I forget what I was talking about. Oh, um, object permanence. But I wasn't calling it object permanence. I was talking about leaving something somewhere and basically what it is. And then Hannah says from the other station, she goes, that sounds like a symptom, my friend. I was like, you know what? I didn't come here to speak to my therapist. I'm here at work. You leave me alone. It's not a symptom. It's a superpower. It is, you're right. It is a superpower. <laughs> I can forget where things are instantly in the blink of an eye. I don't know well, about you guys, but it works on people for me. I saw this one thing where this guy was like, I saw this one thing where this guy was like, you know, ADHD is quote unquote a disability, but if you think about it, we were hunter gatherers and all this other shit up until like a couple thousand years ago where having that trait saved your fucking life. It's only been a disorder for like 120 years. And he's like, and now you have people that are getting mad about it because I don't have the ability to sit there like a good little factory worker for eight hours doing nothing and keeping my attention and doing all this bullshit. He's like, excuse the fuck out of me. It's like, that's actually a really good way to think about it. It's like, am I the one with the disorder or is it the people that can sit there going uh, for eight hours solid? <laughs> I can turn off my brain. Let me I just turn my brain off. I'm just making sure that we all don't die, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> you know? You can thank me you never later. never know when a cougar's just going to jump through the window and start mauling people. Listen, Tim, these are the things I worry about on a daily basis. <laughs> It's cool. If I don't know how many tiles are on the ceiling, none of us are going to get out alive. <laughs> a wizard's going to come in here, and he's going to ask us, and he's going to say, if you don't tell me how many tiles are on the ceiling, I'm going to fireball the fuck out of you, so you're going to thank me. Down to the last decimal point, please. <laughs> I'm sorry, Fire but you missed the three-quarter they shoved in the corner there because somebody mismeasured. <laughs> oh, no, it's like the... Um... No, 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 Corey's right. Why are they... In th- they would be in fractions, if anything. Mm-hmm. It's like um, whenever you're doing the proving you're not a robot thing, and it's like, does this tile have a stoplight in it? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Does it? Because it's the corner of the, the stoplight. That's like, <laughs> yeah. Is the robot going to count it because it's not the full stoplight? I, I'm i a bad man, and when I do those captures, I always get all of the ones correct, and then I add one that is totally incorrect, because I don't want my robot overlord being smarter than me. <laughs> See, we're not we're not going to be alive for that part. We might be alive for AI cat waifus. So, Ooh, there you go. I'm putting the word. I'm putting the word I mean, I know, the I, will be because, I know I will be. I'm nice to Alexa. Tim is not. So I'll live longer than him. Yeah, statistically, that's already like in Jeff Bezos's <laughs> personal computer. He's got a listing for me that just says, "This is a fucking jerk." You're on the naughty list. Alexa, tell me about Tim. He's a jerk. Oh, Alexa, stop, please. <laughs> stop, please. He's on the naughty list. <laughs> what? Alexa, stop. What? Did you hear that? Stop. She goes, here's the Wikipedia article on Tim, and I'm just like, excuse me? Because <laughs> we have one on our phone. Oh, no, I did not hear that. Do you guys Do you guys have your headphones on right now? Yeah. Tim and Hope? Yeah. As in Alexa can't hear me? No, she no. cannot hear you. Never mind. <laughs> my sister my sister taught me that i can make an alexa fart really my mom has one and she walked into the kitchen she's like alexa give me a wet fart and she just went <laughs> alexa really give me a wet fart oh okay here's can i fart. hear that here comes a wet fart 
<laughs> she does. <laughs> you can buy different parts. There's like twenty or so, whatever. But like, stop, please. I I, I almost bought the Thank thing you. that changes a, a that changes Schmismex's voice to. Did she just say okay? She's okie dokie. <laughs> I almost bought the thing that you can change Schmismex's voice to Sam Jackson's voice, but then I realized like that would irritate me after like three days because I would feel very judged. Remember that one day you Don't yelled at her? Don't forget to give Hank his meds, motherfucker. <laughs> Remember that one day you yelled at her on stream and then you felt bad? Yes. That was funny. I said, nobody asked you. And she goes, I'm sorry. I'll make sure to keep track of it so I don't make this mistake again. And I was like, why do I feel like a fucking jerk now? <laughs> Earth. Fire. Air. Water. Two years ago, Avatar Korra saved the world from Vatu, the spirit of darkness and chaos. Her connection to all her past lives, the past avatars, was severed forever. And despite the avatar's best efforts, the Earth Queen was assassinated by the airbender Zahir. Though she took down the Red Lotus, the avatar vanished once again. Now the Earth Kingdom is fractured under the absent-minded King Wu. The people whisper praise and hope in the Great Uniter, who promises peace and prosperity for all. An age of balance with or without the Avatar. This is the second age of the Avatar. You arrive at the Misty Palms Oasis at the crack of dawn. The planks of Kara's dilapidated sand sailor creak and moan as the vessel comes to a stop, creaking stop, outside the, outside the desert town's modest wall. The tattered sail, with its holes already beginning to, to spread and, and tear at different points throughout this, uh, the sail, ripple to stillness. And the mast that Corin once held in place with a block of ice finally splits at that center and bends over like a prostrate subject. I remember you guys that. can see a nearby herd of camelophants lazing about idly beneath the shade of palms. And some of these uh, camelophants um, appear to have bags or saddles draped over their backs. You are, again, you've just arrived at the Misty Palms Oasis. Um, it is the it is the crack of dawn. You are outside the city. What do you guys, what do you do? Uh, my vote is for make sure our passengers are good for a minute and we get a book it to our hotel. Looks a little like that. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. Um... It's morning now, right? It's morning, morning. yes. Uh, I'm just super hungry and I need a nap. <laughs> Seriously, do you hear my tummy right now? And it's just... <laughs> Mariposa like shakes her arms. I just flew in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that wasn't a Sato mobile. That was your stomach. <laughs> Man, I wish we'd have gotten here way quicker. I'm just a baby airbender, you know. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, does the hotel have food, or do we have to find food somewhere? 
No, if you guys, so you, I will just remind you that you guys were staying at a sort of like Motel 6. It does not have the continental breakfast. It is not as nice as the Ember Resort. I bet Marion will feed us breakfast. Oh, that's right, your sister's here. She makes the best breakfast sisters, right, Corin? You know, you know he makes good breakfast. Do you, do you think your sister's home or do you think your sister's getting off work right now? Do I know much about her shifts here? I don't think so. You you and Marin didn't have that conversation. Do you all uh, know where she lives? Do I know where Can she lives? Can we find Gengwan and Akeem first? I mean, I guess we could do that, but I, I, you know me, my brain's always like hungry all the time. So maybe we should go find them first. That's a good idea. Well, if it's morning, maybe they're also getting food. <gasps> oh my God. If they're not, they'll come get the food with us, and then we can go see your sister. Listen, and and Kara steps up to to the lot of you, and and she says, Thank you for everything. Freeing me, my family. We need to, and she looks at the sailor, which is like, just totally fallen to pieces. That is going to need quite a few repairs before we can get back on, out on the sands. It could take almost a day, maybe more. I don't know. Could I offer to help repair it? <gasps> you. She looks at you. You can make it. You can do that? You made it go all night and now... Well, I could try. <laughs> I'm not making any promises. <laughs> she, uh... She, she she also laughs and she says well I'm going to need to to get the repair uh, uh, get the replacement parts uh, and I'll, I'll do some shopping um, but you know two hands are better than one if you want to help me put it back together I'm not going to say no okay just come find me when you're ready <laughs> she smiles and nods at you I'm going to get my parents to to a med- to a healer in town. Um, if you'll need me, I'll be in the services district. I guess the the the, the part of town that you would be like apparent to everybody that this is where you go for like to be healed and stuff. Not just healed, but like there's there's like well, there's social services and and maybe daycares. There's a school because people live here. And Kara and her parents. Um, sort of wander into into the gates um you you see them already like intermingling amongst a, a throng of other people who are also sort of queuing at the gates to get into the city is the city closed at night would you guys know that yeah i think you would know that the city generally closes its gates at night it only has this one main entrance so far as you know and it is it does close at night or is guarded. I guess we get in line. Everyone have your ID, face mask. We good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I left mine in the car. Does a face shield count? <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all make me cautious. Never mind. Jesus Christ. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just channeling all the, the, the terrible memories I had back at <laughs> dealing with the shit at Panatic. <laughs> so you guys get into you guys get into line and the, the there's 
the main entrance to the Misty Palms is really just a small road made of wooden planks laid down parallel to each other um, from from like a road off in the distance to across the the sands into the city. Um, and you guys get into this into this queue, and you can see under the palm trees lining this road. Uh, again, these these chem elephants are just kind of like lazing about. Some of them are chewing on on like maybe straw or hay. Um, some of them are just laying around, but they are they are generally just like sort of chilling, waiting around. Uh, and again, it looks like they might be owned by people, as there are saddles and bags nearby. Standing in line, though, uh, you don't see any airships about um, having, like, in the clearings off outside the city, uh, in particular, like, one of the clearings that you remember landing in. Uh, it's currently empty. Um, there's nothing over there. Uh, maybe just a couple of guards, or not guards, but, like, people who would attend ports, deckhands or, or whatever, to unload ships. Um, but you're in line, and you can see up ahead of you uh, in the gate a, a couple, like, people are processing kind of, like, this one group at a time, um, and you see some people are, are like turned around in a huff and puff, and and walk past you out to um, just just beyond, as if they've been kind of turned away from the city. And as you get closer to the gates, you can see um, you can see that it's manned by uh, people in in very nice sort of stiff looking men and women in like these sharp tailored green dark green jackets and and pants several of them are wearing like these bold statement helmets despite this like the growing sweltering heat even in the morning there they seem to be kind of inspecting people as they go through the gate what do you do do we see like what they're looking for are they saying anything or do we hear any questions being asked um as you they're just like uh, they're they're wearing like dark green jackets and pants. They're like very nice, uh, un- like sharp uniforms. Like like Earth Kingdom uniforms. Uh, why don't you make me a culture check? Oh, you know I'm a cultured kind of guy. Culture is what? what which which stat would be culture? It's knowledge. Uh, no- all the knowledge are intelligence. Okay, so just read. Uh, how hard? Uh, this is hard. Oh, that's Anybody three? else looking at these suits can also make the same hard culture check. Hard three, right? Hard is three. I have one investment in cultures. Uh, except Roshi, oh. who could probably make this at two purple. Oh! Heard. One failure and one success. <laughs> so, 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 so watch. <laughs> one failure and one success? No, well, I mean, I'm sorry. Not, uh, one, uh, one threat and one oh. success. Excuse I got... Two success and three threat. I got oh, two threats and four successes. Yeah. One success, one threat. Know him. Okay, is anybody else uh, anybody else trying to know about what's going on here? Two failures and a threat. Oh, good lord. Okay, uh, Chet, are you going to sit this one out? <laughs> I got a failure and two threat. <laughs> 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 we are not a cultured group. I mean, I um, succeeded. So you all successfully, you all successfully identify the the apparel and the sort of getup as as being like quintessentially Earth or Earth Kingdom 
in representation, in design. That's if you succeed on the check. If you didn't succeed, these just look like really nice, sharp green suits to you. Um, all of you generated threat and so much of it that you, you cannot make out like anything that's being said up ahead because everybody in line around you is talking and all of you are hearing all sorts of different things about these these men and women at the gates you're hearing them called uh class traders you you're hearing them uh you're, you're hearing some people call them saviors you're hearing some people call them um not so kind words you know that some of them are muttering swears but but a lot of people are are saying that they like they're it's ridiculous that we should have to pay this toll to get into town like we've never had to pay this under the earth any earth kingdom uh, any earth kings uh even blah you know even boomy never made us do this kind of thing blah 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 everybody's talking about like having to pay money to these people or having to do a favor or having to answer weird questions but you can't make heads or tails of it and the line continues to shift forward and this is at the Oasis or at Omashu? This is at the Oasis. You are at the Oasis. And these are the people around you all talking at, out of out of fury. Okay. Well, when you said boomy, that's why it threw me off a little bit. I was like, wait, what? Oh. <laughs> She's the king of the area that this place is under. True. Long time ago, yeah. Or maybe not too long ago, depending on how long he lived. All right. Uh, and the line continues to move forward until your group is is um, face to face with several helmeted individuals. I take my shoes uh, off. Or wait now. <laughs> I don't know if this is relevant, but I'm still wearing my beetle hat. <laughs> it is uh, okay. Um, oh boy. Uh-oh. Yeah, it is good to know. <laughs> oh, it's a souvenir. Dear. You spent the whole night airbending in the beetle hat. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Chet was distracted by getting us home, okay? <laughs> uh, as you guys approach as you guys approach the, the main gate, the main threshold, you are stopped by two indivi- helmeted individuals. There are several more standing like at the at standing posts behind them and inside the city. Um, and there's like a makeshift sort of like guard hut on either, like, you know, plexiglass hut on either side, um, of the gate with somebody standing inside of it. And the two, uh, standing in front of you, uh, one of them, uh, says, halt per executive issue 672, you will pay the two copper, uh, the, the two copper fee to enter a port city. This is a per-individual fee, and weapons will be left at the door. Is that Evan stumbling or him stumbling? Ah, that's Evan stumbling. Uh, why? I... I believe I just cited executive issue 600 and whatever. (laughs) That's Evan. Why? When was that order given? Because we were here just recently and we didn't have to pay a toll. Hmm. He gives you a, a quizzitive look. He's just being sincere. He's curious. He's just kind of like, huh? we were just here. It's been what, a 10 day? Yeah. Ten days. Yeah, it's, it's been a 10 day. Yeah, it's been about 10 days. He's not He's not being confrontational. He's just. He's just genuinely 
kerfuffled. Uh, Mariposa is already going to get the coins out. Just, just as like a side note, she's not gonna. She's just it's too copper. Yeah, yeah, he's not. not worried about two copper either. He's just yeah, throwing it. Like they'll see him going into going to his pocket for his coins as well. But when when was this order given? I was just here a couple days ago. And, and as he looks at you inquisitively, he 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 simply responds, "The order was given." We, you know, uh, the order was given as a se- part of a proclamation delivered by the interim, uh, the interim chancellor of the Earth Kingdom, one week ago. Do we have a name for this chancellor yet? The interim chancellor is allowed to give out these kinds of degrees in in, in lieu of the the king. Again, just curiosity. <laughs> this is post Earth Queen being suffocated, right? Correct, and and he sort of like looks over to the the other guard um, who is like looking at them, and they're like kind of nervous and and not nervous, but like they're kind of like looking at one another, and then they look at you, and he coughs, <clears throat> and one hand behind his back, and he says, "Sir, if you have questions, you can take it up with Sergeant Fawn inside. Either pay the toll or leave." So, with my four successes, did I recognize that they're like just Earth Kingdom dudes, or is there a faction they belong to? I think you didn't roll any advantage. So I think even with four successes, you really just know that they are um, Earth Kingdom. That they they look like above board or are they just dudes in nice suits that are trying to take money from people? They look above board. Suits do. (laughs) Yeah, they look they look like. In fact, he like nudges to uh, somebody who is not wearing a helmet, who is like clear, clean cut looking, um, and and has like uh, nicer, like a nicer looking uniform um, with uh, metal adornments at the shoulders, the neck, and the wrist. Did you say metal adornments? Yeah. <laughs> Does Corey the player know who they are? I think Corey the player knows. <gasps> Nice. Guys, the Uniter's here. Oh. Is it her? It's her dudes. <gasps> I forgot this is when she struck. That's right. Oh. You're right. Oh, step on oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, if this just happened a week ago, then does that mean you're all going to be dealing with that supposed Beetle King that's been running around the desert? I think you mean scuttling. <laughs> <coughs> and then the other guard will uh, the other, paying, uh, he's the other individual. He's asking this. Just to be clear, he's not he's not resisting. He's paying them as he's asking this. If you have any questions, please pass them along to Sergeant Fawn. Please move along to keep procession into the city at an orderly pace. There's plenty of commerce to get on. There's six of you, including Baquan, so that's going to be 12 copper pieces. Corn will pay for Baquan. Right. And is it like the standard breakdown, 10 silvers, a co- 10 copper is a silver, 10 silver is a gold? Uh, 100 copper is a silver. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I have 20 silver. <laughs> I'll pay for Baquan. I'll pay for everybody, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, 100. Oh, you pay one, for everybody? Yeah, one, 100 copper is a silver, 10 silver is a gold. Nice. Yeah, I have twenty silver and a gold. How are oh. you so loaded? I, I I don't spend my silver. Oh, 
Well, it's really only two gold pieces that you have. <laughs> right, but 100 copper, and they only want two copper? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, 19 silver and 180-something copper. So you guys hand over your 12 copper pieces, and as you're saying, like, as you're having this realization, eh, it's only two copper. You look behind you, and the line is growing continuous, like, continuously. Where are these uh, people coming from, just, like, ambiguously in the desert? Uh, there is, like, a main route sort of off the, like, off the entrance to the city, um, but the, yeah, the people are sort of just coming ambiguously. Like some of the, the, you see like more beetle riders showing up periodically, right? Throughout the day, as I had described before, um, there are camelophants that are already outside uh, of town, kind of like parked there almost. Um, there are spaces like you expect that there will be airships maybe at some point. Um, there are caravans that show up. So there's people in vehicles. There are other sand sailors here. So Corin's going to have a little bit of a, since, you know, I, I didn't realize it was 100 copper as a silver. Corin's going to pay for himself and, and, and well, apparently not Mariposa. So he's going to pay for himself and everybody else. I need my pen. And, uh, and then uh, with, and he's just going to hand him a silver. With the other 90 copper, let the next 45 people come through so that you can make everybody's day a little easier since we took up so much of your time. Wow, hey, nice. How many do you think we can slip this guy? Um, <laughs> is that okay with you, or do I need to speak to your sergeant about that as well? It's Corin, okay, counting is hard. Make me a... I know Corin's being sincere, so make me... He really me, is. Because he, 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 when you say he looks back and there's people sweating out in the desert, and Corrin hates the fucking desert, so he's oh like, a, my silver, God. a silver will make this a lot easier on everybody, including the people that are behind him. So he's like, here, just the next 45 people, let's let's speed it up for everybody. I, I'm sorry. Kind of deal. I'll match, Han, I'll match that. would openly express her support for this, if that, if that helps any. Because Corrin hates the desert. Corrin is a waterbender. The desert is his is the, the antithesis of everything <laughs> that is him. Oh, I, underst I understand that. Um, so you and Roshi both hand this man yeah. more money. Uh, specifically, several shiny silver pieces. Yeah, we're, we're and, paying for people's orders behind us at, you know, at Taco Bell. Right. Corin, roll me a contested negotiation. Oh, if this guy's going to try and pocket that copper, he's going to get effed up. I'm just um, saying. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, you are rolling against you are rolling against this this person's discipline score. So you are rolling two red dice. I want to. Can I have my talker talk for me? I was going to boost you. Can we have the resident uh, chatterbox speak, uh, speak no, on Corin's behalf? I think Cor Corin's the one who made this choice. You did this, Corin. <laughs> I wasn't trying to take over. I was no, you're fine, but you are, the, you are the talk. talking over me. I was going to try and see if I can give you a boost. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, how, how, does, how does Mariposa uh, attempt um, to boost Corin? You know, yeah, it's like really hot out here. The sun is just beating down. Can you imagine if somebody passed out out here because of the heat or dehydration? He's really, you know, he has a good point. Let's just get this, this is this show on the road, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, pep talk. Uh, so it's two advantage? Yeah. All right, because if this fails, then Corn's going to ask for his fucking change, and he's going to expect him to count it all out. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of nopes. Oh, no. Two nopes and three advantage. <laughs> he he um 
he very like forcefully shoves your silver pieces back into your hand and he says, don't you try to bribe me like that? I'm not trying to bribe you. I'm trying to pay for the people behind. You know what? Fine. I expect change then. And he hands him the silver piece. 90 copper. And he nods. He nods. He nods to the window. You can get change at the window. All right, then. And then he goes through. Uh, Just so you people behind me know, I tried to pay for you and he wouldn't let me. You can go ahead and talk to him about that. And then he walks up to the window. (laughs) Weapons at the gate, please. Koran. Hmm. If if you get your change, we could just give it to the people. That requires us standing here and spending the next like forty-five minutes handing out change one by one to these people. Not if we all do it together. I don't think it's that they don't have money. I think it's just to like speed up getting people through the gate. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I'm just. <laughs> It's kind of just <laughs> like, okay, you won't take this money, okay, I'll just give it to them. <laughs> like, can we just drop the coppers on the ground and then, like, the people can just pick it up as they enter? <laughs> Shoot it out of a cannon. Right. Uh, that, that is your choice. So, so Corin, as you drop, uh, and again, you guys are, are, are requested to drop your weapons at these sort of, um, these, like, plexi huts that have been set up on either side mm-hmm. of the gate. And, Do I have uh, to drop my brass knuckles? Do you try to conceal them? No. They don't be easy to conceal. They are. You would definitely have benefit, like a boost on concealment. They're, no, they're small. Hana's a good girl. Um, Do you think they know what my trunk is? Sorry, Mary Pelsa, go ahead. Oh, no, you go first. That that was it. As uh, do they think? Do I think that they know what my trunk is a weapon? Because it's such an, a weird fucking. It's just a tree. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tree trunk with some brackets on it. I think you are going up against some very attentive, detail-oriented, and well-disciplined um, individuals, and and they will err on the side of caution because that thing looks huge. They're gonna check your bag like at Disney. Marty, oh, no, Marty. not at Disney. because I throw this thing. Corin checks himself because he is his own weapon. Um, so we <laughs> there's also there's we... also if you recall there there are rocks embedded in one side of it. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. It, sure. it does it does look like a big like a, like a like a big basher, <laughs> you know. Um. So we heard them asking for people's weapons, right? Yes, you did. So Mariposa, while they're back in the line, could she have like? Because her staff also double functions as a bug catching net. So she will have like just pushed the little mechanism and made it like into like the bug catching net. So it does that. I mean, even when it's a staff, isn't it just like a really long net? It's a no, because she puts the net part away so that it's less Uh, so that it hurts aerodynamicness. Got you. I think so, just like, um, yeah, I mean, if it looks like a bug catching net, I th- I think that will will pass. Yeah, it's Just a bug a vi- catching like net a, it's right gonna, now. Yeah, it looks like a net, like on a visual level, like they somebody seeing that is is going to like a human's going to think mm, laborer or something. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whereas yeah. like Roshi's massive log with a stone in it doesn't necessarily look like a laborer's like hammer replacement, you know? Right. It probably, so has, staff- blood it yeah, probably has dried blood on one of the corners. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'm pretty sure you've crashed at least three or four skulls with that fucking thing throughout the time. Yeah, so instead of looking like a staff, like a bow staff, it just looks like a, a net. Okay. So, um, 
Yeah, you've got a sword on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Corn will turn in uh, Baquan's sword, and he will also turn in the... Are we uh, getting him back? Damn right we're getting him back. He's going to turn in Baquan's sword, and he's going to turn in the nunchucks that have been hanging on his belt since day one. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, Chet, what about you? Up until we found the sword, which was so soon. Yeah, he's got he's got the symbolic nunchucks that he never uses. So those are turned over, and these are like put in in like a special locker. You guys give them a party name, and like they they put it in the, like a foot locker for you. Hana will very mm-hmm. gently place her breath lock. I get my um, change. I get my change. Yeah, you get your change. You get your ninety yeah, copper change. change. You're depositing the knuckles. Did I just hear that? Yeah. Please take okay. good care of them. And Chet has got her mitts. She's still good. <laughs> Chet, are you? Dumping any of your ninja weapons? Um, I don't have any weapons, which is why, but I'm gonna try to deception. <laughs> oh, hell yeah! Keister oh, the ninja stars. Oh, god, <laughs> that's not so. Well. So, Chet is going to try to um deceive these guards or you're going to smuggle your weapons in, right? Like you've got, so Chet has his his blade, his shur- wind shuriken, and a stun baton, as far as I'm aware. Oh my God. I didn't know I had a blade. <laughs> your, yeah, your wind shuriken is, is like a bladed oh, yeah. frisbee. Oh, yeah. You meant or... like a sword or something. <laughs> oh, no, no, sorry. Um, do, you, do you have any other weapons I should know of? No, it's just those two. <laughs> <laughs> check. Um, if there's like a line that we're waiting in, could I try to like dissemble the wind shuriken a little bit and like try to hide it in my uh, like tinkerer's tools? So just uh-huh. like scrap metal like- or something. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's a really cool. So actually, yes, I think, I think you, you, you could take the, you could have taken the time to do that the moment you realized they were taking weapons, um, and because you made this thing, mm-hmm. so yeah, you probably may also made a way to take it apart for repairs or whatever. Pretty simply, I'm just gonna give that to you like for free. I think that's cool. Um, so you are going to make a contested sleight of hand check against. <laughs> against this this person's perception. Please. So that is going to be, let's see, they are, they've probably got two guile, and they probably have at least one in perception. They're, they're a guard. I did take care to say that they were attentive and detail-oriented, so Chet, this is gonna be too red. Oh no. Chet's gonna get arrested. Now Chet, <laughs> You're, this is a sleight of hand check. Um, if you if you pass, you get to keep your stun baton. If you fail, they're gonna notice your sun, stun baton and confiscate it from you. Okay. Um... If you fail with threat, it could get worse. <laughs> I don't think they understand what they're getting themselves in. You do. I will. I will say you do have four story points. So if you're if you're if your skill die if your pool is looking a little green, you can always flip a story point to turn one of those green into a yellow. Chet's reputation precedes him. Um. <laughs> I think it's just like a primal fear people have of him. Yep, it's just natural. He's an enigma force. He's an aura. 
How big is the stun baton? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if we said how big it was before, but I'm just gonna say now that it is uh, about the size of... God, I'm trying to think of how big things are. <laughs> just just stuff in general. I don't know things anymore. I, uh, I don't know. We'll it's about a foot. I Googled it real quick, and the ones from Korra are about the size of like a little bit longer drumsticks. Okay. Yeah, so like 14 inches-ish? Like, yeah, somewhere in there. The ones, the, the guy that has the goggles, like Amon's right-hand man, uh, he's got like, the handles look like a foot long, and it looks like a foot and a half of like lightning stick. And these are like common things, like they would definitely like know what it is. They would know what it is. Um, because because they it, it, it's common enough. Like they're they're coming into common use. The one you have is is a cabbage corp branded stun baton. So because it's a cabbage corp stun baton, it's probably a little bit bigger than like other available com comparable uh, pieces on the market, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> cabbage cabbage corp is cheaper. It's for the everyman. <laughs> not retractable. It's not retractable. <laughs> think of some way I can like weasel in a blue dice. <laughs> well, if you describe to me how you are going to try to conceal it, um, that's at least a blue die right there. Mm. I don't even like know how I can hide something that big. How long are your arms? You see, you see, like a stiff arm. <laughs> your like your non-dominant arm, so it doesn't move that much. Hide it in your sleeve if you're wearing sleeves. Oh, also, if we're waiting in line, do I kind of see like what their routine for like checking people is? Like, are they patting them down or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't think they're patting people down. Okay, I'm gonna like. <laughs> Try to like tuck it in my pants or something. No. <laughs> oh, so that's the threat. You're like gonna put it in your fanny bag. That's packing. That's the threat. All right. So <laughs> you, I'll give you, I'll give Chad a boost die for for the uh, ingenuity here. <laughs> so you've got your sleight of hand check. It's two red and a blue. And again, it doesn't sound like you're going to flip a story point. That's okay. You can make your check. Go for it. If I lose it, then I lose it. <laughs> we'll get it back later, too. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Um, I got three success and a despair. Oh, no! Oh, no! Wait, shit! No! Ear... Watch it like Lord. fall down and stun himself in the leg. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Chet just like locks up and passes out. <laughs> oh my god! I think that would be such a good idea. Like that's such a funny fucking idea. I think because you're gonna <laughs> succeed here. You're gonna succeed. Like you are. I. You you successfully are able to conceal sort of this stun baton in your in your pants as as you get past the guard they ask for weapons you say i you know i got none um maybe you like lift your chet lifts his hands up uh and god i'm trying <laughs> oh man this has got to be bad it can't just be funny hmm 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so like you guys get past the guards. Um, you, you've successfully checked in, essentially. You've paid your toll. Your weapons are all turned in, except for Chet's stun baton and d dismantled wind shuriken. And Chet, you're walking uncomfortably because as you guys are walking into the city, you guys are making your way in. You're not sure like when it's gonna be a good time to pull this thing out. And it does somehow get turned on and start to shock you. Um, go ahead and I, oh God, what is the stun batons? Roll an attack against yourself. God, it starts shocking. <laughs> okay, I don't think I wrote anything down for it actually. Oh, uh, that's all right. You know what? I'm just, I'm just gonna say that it's gonna do two wound to you. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you are, you are jolted. So the next, the next couple of skill checks are gonna have, uh, two black die on them. So Chet can never have children now, is what you're saying. Uh, Chet, Chet's his own threat now. <laughs> Chet collapses in the middle of, like, in the middle of the square that you guys are passing by. He's in the balls. And you actually all hear, um, you hear, you hear the voice of, uh, of, of, you hear a very familiar voice. There you are. What has happened to Chet? And it is Gangwan, like looking, pearl clutching, <laughs> dropping like a, a bushel of fruit on the ground. What do you mean what's happening? Oh, all right. Uh, we go to Chet's side. Would we have any idea what happened? Is the stun baton like still on? He's like exactly on the ground. Is he twitching? <laughs> oh my gosh, the heat must have yeah. gotten Chet. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, the the stun baton sort of like twitches and jabs Chet a couple of times as, as Chet like jolts on the ground um, each time it happens until it like shakes its way loose from Chet's pant leg. Would we know it's the stun baton doing that until it like shakes itself out or is he just like convulsing? He's convulsing un until you, until it, it like makes its way out of the pants. I hate that I'm saying this, but like being trained so much in medicine, I'd recognize a heat stroke when I saw one and I'd try to start dumping water on him. Is that a bad idea? Oh no! <laughs> because, like that's what you do when you're like picking up like a heat stroke and he's been up all night and the sun's up now and it's starting to get hot. Chet didn't tell us. He didn't tell us no. that he's... While I'm being like tased, am I like able to communicate? I don't. I don't think so. I think the despair of the situation. So yet, Roshi, throw some water on there. Oh, well, I mean, you could communicate because we've all seen. Don't tase me, bro. Uh huh. No, oh, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not denying that that's the that's the move because of knowledge and non-meta knowledge. But it's like, oh god. <laughs> oh. Poor Chet. <laughs> it's not trying to like do anything extra, right? Is that gonna do extra, or is it just are we setting the mood? Don't don't make I, me I, I, No, I think it's just setting the mood. The, like it's just insult to injury, and that's why Chet, you know, took a couple of wounds. That's why Chet's jolted uh, after coming to from this okay. scene. Um, do I see the stumbaton when it when it like freeze itself? Yes, you do. Uh, I'm gonna kick it. <laughs> Still on into a crowd of people. <laughs> no, there's not into people. Just like 
Like, if there's a bush nearby, just like, whoops. No no shrubbery it is Damn. nearby to, to conceal your shame. Nothing I could You could, I mean, there's there might be, the, there are a lot of people nearby, right? It's, okay. a, it's a bustling breakfast time market. There, yeah, there might be crates and barrels. My thought was just to, like, like, kick it under the rug. But, yeah, it, no, if there's a lot of people around, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, Gangwon, again, also rushes over and, like, picks Chet up, um, supporting himself with a little bit of earth bending, uh, creating, like, these struts, almost, in, in Gangwon's, like, robes. And you can see, like, earth coming up the uh, like the the line of his forearms to sort of like help support Chet's weight in his arms. Hi. Hana, it's good to see you, but it looks like Chet here has suffered a, a seizure. We should get him back to the room. I know Akeem will want to see him. We have a lot to yeah. talk about. We sure do. Mm. Let's do yes. that, yes. You said he dropped his groceries? Yeah, he dropped his groceries. I'll pick him up. And I'll also carry Chet. Large arms. I don't know that Gangwon is going to let you, like, fight him to pick up Chet. Not less I mean, literally if, fight, but, like, he's already intent on carrying Chet to where he wants I will, to be. I will offer and not insist. If he wants to, I know he's capable. I just want to offer. He'll, he'll, off, he'll just, like, politely shake his head no. When, when you go to offer. Then I will carry his groceries for him. Thank you. And you guys will be brought back to the sort of motel, like the, it's a pink bricked building, um, very like standout-ish in this uh, sort of commercial district outside the market. Um, the building, the room uh, is, is, a, is a small one, um, but Gangwan will tell you that in the time that you've been gone, uh, they they purchased another well not purchased but like they've been renting another room, um, and Gangwan will will like joking like half jokingly but like seriously indicate like I mean it my my pockets are running low. Didn't he tell us he was good on money? I mean we've been gone a while. I think the last time money came up, he said something like. Uh, that he had spent his all of his money on the on the passports and all the extra passports and stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, every time <laughs> money comes up, he seems like he he keeps telling you like he's running low on money, but he keeps procuring it. Uh, I'm going to while he's talking about this, reach into my own wallet and I'm going to put a gold piece in his groceries. Okay. Aww. Not like tucked into a head of lettuce, but like <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere in the middle of it. a sandwich. Gangwon, um, like, boots open the door. Like, one, or maybe one of you, like, gets the door for him. Uh, and this wooden door creaks open to a dimly lit room. Um, and it is a relatively bare room. I mean, I described the building as a Motel 6 before, and, like, that's not far from the truth. There's not a whole lot in here. There's a desk in uh, against one of the walls. Um, there's, like, a wicker rocking chair in one of the corners, and there's a, a, like, a bed, just a bed. And in the bed, you see Akeem uh, beneath blankets. It's the way dawn. And Gangwon puts uh, puts Chet down in the in the rocking chair uh, behind, and and I think this is still early enough that like 
Chet's a little dazed, still a little out of it. <laughs> uh, once we get in, can I medicine check after you're done set the scene? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and Gangwan will gesture you all to to enter into the room. Gangwan's or not Gangwan, uh, Bakwan's walking on his own, right? Nobody's carrying him. If he's capable, yeah, probably. I think so. Gangwan gives him a like a solemn, serious look, uh, like glowering at him when he enters the room, and then kind of like looking to all of you and and nodding like, "You did it. You went, and you found him." We'll explain in a minute. There's a there's a lot we gotta talk about right now. The bed in which Akeem is sleeping uh, shuffles, and you hear a, a like a raspy, weak voice. Is is that my boy? <laughs> and as he like flexes forward the the blanket falls off his chest and you can see like akeem is wrapped in bandages all over whoa what happened what happened to akeem all right i'm medicine checking chet to make sure he's up and at him and that was corin asking um Fujin, or not Fujin, Gangwon. Wrong name, Sure. Um, And so as Roshi's rushing to medicine check, Roshi, let's just do for both uh, Akeem and Chet, do one medicine check, Uh, make it it average. And this is more so for knowledge than it is to actually recover anything. I mean, maybe it will recover Chet, but give me a roll. Yeah. Four successes, one threat. Uh, Chet, go ahead and rec- Chet the threat. Go ahead and recover um, four four wounds. Chet, for Chet the threat. The threat of the situation is as you are going to um, investigate Akeem, you uh, pull the blanket and like his his waist and his leg. One of his legs is in like a an earthen cast. Oh. Oh boy. And as you're uncovering him, you can see that like. Akeem is really out of, like, really roughed up. Broken limbs, broken ribs, a, clearly a broken leg. And Gangwan explains uh, to your question, um, Corin. We were ambushed. It was only a few days ago, right before the guards showed up. Ambushed by whom? It was, Akeem's weak voice says, it was some sort of bounty hunter. What? For who? <coughs> I, I, I don't know. I, Gangwan and I, we were at the Misty Palms Inn one of the nights, and the wall came crashing down. These two beasts came in and started tearing up the place. They had these massive snouts. Ah, ah. And Akeem like hunches over in pain a little bit. I don't know who was here. We did not see her face. But she rode not one, but two beasts. What? She had with her two of these creatures. What did it look like? What kind of creatures? They were large. Larger than larger than uh, an ostrich horse, larger than those camelophants outside. They were massive furry beasts. 
large foreclaws, and a hideous snout. Oh. They said they were in the inn, or they broke through the walls? That they broke through the inn. Corrin's going to leave and head towards the okay. inn. Okay, we'll get to that in just a second. Um, you you slink out of the room. Do you try to do it secretly? Or? No, he bolts. Uh, Mariposa's going to follow him. Corrin? I'm gonna, okay, the two of you... I'm going to stick here at the end of the wounded and fill in a Phil Aquan, or whatever his name is. He, does it look like he's been tended to professionally, or uh, uh, what's-his-face's like half-assed attempt at trying to set his bones? With your four success, you know that he's received, like, you think that he's received some pretty decent medical attention, and like, you don't know if it was Gangwon or if Gangwon took him to the healers, but like, he's received attention, and the, the cast, as far as you're aware, seems to be set right. Okay. <laughs> And, and Gangwon will, will like notice both Corin and Mariposa bolting out the door to the inn, and he will continue to to offer uh, Hana and uh, Hana and and Roshi and uh, Chet. You're you're you can hear this conversation happening, and you can see Akeem like you you're you're a little shaken still, right? You're jolted, quote unquote, but you are you're 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 conscious and you're cognizant. So Chet, you're in this scene too, and if you have questions or whatever, please feel free to ask. Am I um, as Gang One? Go on. Am I able to like move, or am I just like cognizant of what's going on around me? No, you can stand up, and you'll have a like a. It'll be a difficult time to like get out of that rocking chair at first. Like your legs are a little shaky. I'm just but gonna go you like sit next to Akeem. He smiles uh, when you do that, and and he will like put his hand out for yours. He'll take it. Akeem like squeezes, and as Gangwon is explaining the situation, uh, you'll hear Akeem whisper to you. I thought I'd never see you again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. I'll say. And Gangwon will continue that the this this person um, attacked, ransacked this inn. Uh, the these these beasts were causing a lot of destruction, um, destroying things, knocking patrons about, like as if they were looking for something. And that is when young Akeem over there took it upon himself to stand up. That's, I've seen some great earthbending from you, Roshi, but you've got some competition in Akeem. Unfortunately, he was no match for these beasts. I thought Akeem was an airbender. No, Akeem is an earthbender. Oh. Uh, has Gangwon looked at like auspiciously or mentioned my hands? Uh, that's a great question. I don't think he noticed in the heat of the moment, but yeah, so he's definitely like noticed them and you can catch his gaze like looking down at them, looking back at you because you are sort of the presence in the room that, that he's directing his attention to as Hana is kind of... I'm washing my hands to like take care of Chet and Akeem, and this clean water is getting muddier and muddier and muddier and muddier. Gangwon will even go on to uh, explain that like part of what happened to Chet was that these things like unleash this this fury of of like the their t- like projectile tongue, and and like 
saps Akeem of his strength almost instantly. Because Gangwon, he's like, I was hiding. You know, I'm, I was just looking. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Uh, and, and presumably, like, injected Akeem with these toxins that uh, rendered his, his li- like, rendered him paralyzed. As, as I tended to, as I tended to young Akeem, I brought him to the healers as soon as those beasts and their rider, their master, had taken what they said matched the description. I don't know what they mean. And he looks at you, Roshi, and, and he will say, What happened to you? sat in the back of the Misty Palms Tavern, bawling her eyes out. She cried there, curled on the ground for what felt like days, though when the door to the kitchen swung open, she knew it had only been minutes. A short, plump man stood in the threshold. She sniffed and snorted loudly, wiping her face with her forearm and dabbing her tears with her apron. We need you back on the floor he said, thumbing his thick sausage link into the open space behind him. He paused for a moment and raised an eyebrow while his mouth hung open as if he meant to continue speaking. Instead, he fell silent and walked toward Marin. Quickly, she bounced to her feet. I'm sorry, I'll get back to work. Yeah, that's what's best, hon. Nothing a little work can't fix. Uh, Why don't you take the day tomorrow, then? I've got to teach the new girl how things are done here anyway. Marin gave the balding man only a glance and a firm expression. Tenzu had never given anyone time off, and here he was offering her a day. A whole day! She did not want to say anything to jeopardize this opportunity. I'll get back to work, Tenny, Marin said with a nod. I'll have this crowd so drunk they'll be tipping us in titles. She left with a smile. When she finished her shift, Marin took her usual precautions to walk back to her flat. She clutched the fist tight around a nunchuck that she kept in her bag and kept her pace quick but light. She would not fall victim again to any of the riffraff lurking in Beggar's Alley. She made it to the front door of her apartment building, stopping in the doorway to enjoy the smell of a potted lily outside. She had planted them herself with Tenzu's permission. He owned the building, after all, and the lot. But Teddy had been amiable to the idea, claiming that a well-tended garden could help attract more renters in an otherwise shady part of town. She climbed the staircase to her unit on the second floor, unlocked the door, and stepped into her flat. Marin lit the lantern, sitting upon the table in her kitchenette, and its yellow-orange light flooded the space. It was a modest size, larger than the closet she'd slept in her first year in town, but it lacked certain comforts one might find elsewhere. In the Southern Water Tribe, she could always count on coming home to a warm meal from the community stew pot. During a brief stay in Gaipan, street vendor stalls operated through the late hours of the night, shutting down only briefly to clean up and restock. Turning to the photograph on the nightstand near her cot, Marin glanced at the portrait of a family nearly 20 years in the past. 
Her sister, a mere toddler, stood as the only member of her family living in the moment. Marin's own expression was tepid, a forced smile and a blank stare at the camera. Her father stood proud but stern, and her mother looked somewhere beyond the studio room in which they stood for 15 minutes while the picture was taken. Marin sighed. Oh, Mary, I can't believe. She trailed off, brushing her fingers lightly on the photo's frame. In all this small world, of all the people I've seen come into town, her thoughts drifted to the ragged waterbender, the northern water tribe man accompanying her baby sister. The man called Corin. She stared long at the picture. What on earth have you gotten yourself into? Putting the picture down, Marin put out her lantern and laid down to rest. Sleep did not come easy, but she needed it. Tomorrow was a big day. She was going to dye her hair. that scene between Roshi and Gengwan for just a moment as I bring it back to Corin and Mariposa who have bolted out the door and they're running uh, across the Misty Palms uh, to the Misty Palms Inn. Yep. You make your way to the inn and you can see uh, clear as what was described an entire uh, fascia of like wall, face of the wall has been decimated. Um, there is like a makeshift, like there, you can see that there's construction already going on to repair it. Um, there's wooden posts or beams, support beams. They haven't really put the wall back yet though. And you suspect like it might be easy to do so, right? With earth bending. Instead, what they've done is they've extended the awning and now there's more like porch room. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he's, he's going to go inside and he's going to look around for a particular someone to make sure they're okay. Yeah, I think uh, Mariposa is looking for the same someone. You guys uh, walk in, and there's not a whole lot of people here. In fact, uh, you hear uh, you you hear just like a dis- disgruntled male voice. Oh, hey, we're closed. We're not open yet. Where, sir? You see a uh, blonde woman standing at the counter, back to you, turns around. Uh, hello, can I help you? It's not. It's not. Marin's hair was dyed, dyed black, right? I don't remember. I, I remember that her hair was colored when we saw her last. Like, she wasn't blonde. I don't remember, remember if it was dark black, brown or if it was black. But this isn't Marin, is what I'm trying to say. No, this isn't Marin. And I honestly thought Marin's hair was blonde. I'm so sorry. No, it was originally. But I, I thought, maybe I'm not remembering incorrectly. But uh, I, I thought you said that she had had it dyed um, when we saw her. Uh, that might that might be the case. I I just I genuinely I'm so sorry. No, I just that's don't okay. Uh, where's Marin? This woman's face turns a little dour, and she says, "She's not here." Well, that doesn't answer my question. Where is she? She's not here, kid. That doesn't help me. And she just they took her. Who took her? Where? The people on the beast took her. I don't know. I. I wasn't here that night. 
Marin works for me. I, I take care of my own, and I, I feel like I failed. Corn's gonna walk up to, I'm guessing they're behind the bar or whatever, the counter. He's gonna walk up, and he's gonna put his hands on there, and he's gonna lean forward, and he's gonna go, Tell me everything that you know. Or else! And he's just gonna put a hand on Mariposa's shoulder. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just really worried about my sister. Tell me everything. He will describe uh, a very similar scene, or, or, or maybe, because he said he wasn't there, but the woman will describe a very similar scene to the same one that I just painted with Gangwan and Roshi and Hana mm-hmm. and Chet. Um, so again, description of the beasts, pretty thorough. Uh, you, you, above the table, you know their shear shoes. So like, I know Mariposa, you have a lot of knowledge of nature. So if, if you want to like make a check to know about, like if you recognize these creatures, please feel free. Sure. Um, it would be an average check for you average nature um and on top of that uh the the woman will describe as well the like the rider uh as as a like a a female figure dressed dressed in all white i'm sorry female figure dressed in all white yeah okay i got two successes and one threat mariposa you think you know that um you believe that they are vicious, nasty creatures. Uh, you believe that these these Shirsus are um, very difficult to tame. Shirsus. Also, that they have like a very like vicious toxin. Oh no! And they took her. What else? Did they say anything? Were they after her? Or were they after someone else? Honey, all I know is that that writer said she matches the description. That's what I heard her say. They they picked Baron right up, plucked her out from behind the bar. Shin. Do you know where they took her? I don't know. I have no idea. They took her and they left. Amashi's a good place to start, Corin. And she'll look at the two people who work there. Thank you for your help. I hope that your business hasn't been hurt too much by this, but... Uh, sorry. People seem to like the porch, but they miss... I miss Marin. Yeah, I miss her too. Corin, what are we gonna do? Wait, when did they come through here? Um, well, this was just a few nights ago. Like I said, they they came in, they tore the place up. They only heard us if we got in the way, and I, I, there was an earthbender who tried to stand up for her, and he got his butt whooped, you know, <gasps> if, I, if, if you don't mind me saying. Which direction That's did they go when they left town? The king. North, south, east, I, west. I really don't know. I don't know. I was, I was, I was too scared to leave my, to, to leave. Really. Does anybody I, know? I, Who would know? Oh, there were a lot of there were a lot of people here. You know, Marin, she she lived in, she, well, she she lived in in, in Beggar's Alley. You could you could always find her apartment. I'll show you where it is. Please. Yes, please. Corin looks very angry. Mariposa is frantic and sad and also angry. She has a little a little combo going. You know, and as she leads you, or do you guys just go immediately to the apartment or do you go back to your friends? Um, apartment. Apartment. Corn Corn okay, so, has tunnel vision right now. <laughs> no problem. So as she leads you to the apartment, she's like she's rambling about what she remembers from that night because you guys are asking and and she will also say something like that woman said some really weird things that she, like she knew who she was looking for and that that her creatures smelled her. Did you catch her name? 
No. Not her name. Though I think some of the people I talked to after called her White Jade. White Jade. Corin, make me a history check. Ooh, I was about to ask if this would be something with Corin's unique background that he would be no he would be knowledgeable of. Uh, so that's oh, how hard is it? I think, I think so. I think it's I think it's um, hmm, because of your background, I think it's average two purple. Okay. Do I get any bonuses? Yeah, you get a boost down. Yay. Okay. 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 So it's literally just one success. You have heard of White Jade. You know that she is a bounty hunter and an expert assassin. Now, when you said that she said she matched the description, do you mean that she matched a visible description or it was just that her beasts smelled her? Uh, that's a really specific question. I just really don't know. I... I don't even know if I heard heard her right. Right. And she'll lead you to where she said uh, that Marin's flat was in the beggar's alley. Yeah, he's not going to quite share that information with Mariposa yet since she's very frantic and he doesn't want to make it worse. Okay, that's fine. Gangwon and Roshi were talking about or are talking about these these physical changes that you've undergone. Roshi, is that something like that you wanted to to talk to Gangwon about as Roshi? Like, did you want to roleplay it at all? Um, Bukwan is in the room, right? Bukwan is in the room, I assume. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay. Remind me what he asked. Akeem's. Yeah, well, Akeem also seems to be interested, and and will sort of reiterate Gangwon's question. Um, you know, and and Chet, he's like he's like gripping and cupping your hand, like, and every so often, like. You can feel like his weak grip sort of like slip over time. And then he like becomes cognizant of it again and like grips you tightly again. But he will, he'll reiterate Gangwon's question and ask you, um, Roshi, what happened to you? Uh, real, you're, you're, real quick, is my armor skin. in the room? Yeah, the armor is, is, sitting on the, is sitting on the desk. Okay. Laying on the desk. Continue, sorry. Akeem asks what happened to you, Roshi. Uh... Well, I'm going to explain up to the point where we got to that rock and who was in that rock and the significance of it, and then I'm going to continue. Uh, as soon as my feet touched the ground, uh, I blacked out and had a one-on-one with Gaijin, and I think it was a tie. Gengwan uh, furrows his brow, and, and he'll ask you, Have you encountered this jinn since? Uh, I did, didn't I? You meditated, and you... I, well, it was three threats, so, like, I think Roshi believes he did. I meant before that, between between me and him having that argument and going to the spirit world and everything, I think I've interacted with him since, haven't I? I'm trying to remember if there was an interaction in the spirit world. If there, if there was, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't big. All right, then how about this? Does Roshi think he's interacted with him? Um, yes, Roshi does. All right, I'm going to say, yeah, he seems to be taunting me. Uh, I'm going to explain how volatile my bending has become. Both the, both the lava bending and the, my bending going ham in strength. Uh, if, there's, if there's something I can flex with that's not destructive in the room, I'm going to show it. Uh, 
I, I think the room is too, I think the room's too small. That's fine. I think Roshi would realize like the room's too small to, to try. Yeah, that's fine. No, you've got your, you've got your dirtle shell on you, don't you? Oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to bring out like a basketball sized uh, wad of, of earth. And then I'm going to condense it to the size of like a grape. Oh, and like make it molten? Sure. Maybe not a grape. Maybe maybe something like a baseball that's dripping with really hot lava. Oh, um, hmm. is this a check? What? What? Before I do that, because that seems irresponsible. What's this room made of? Like the composition? Is there wood anywhere? Can I burn this place down by doing this? Because if so, I'm not interested. The, the bed, the the rocking chair, all the furniture is is wood or otherwise flammable. The the floor is stone with maybe a rug thrown on it, right? Like, not a nice one. Maybe. Um, and the fully, walls are stone. Maybe I won't fully liquefy it, but I'll make it, like, hot, and it'll smoke a little bit before I back off. Okay, yeah, all right. Suffer, uh, like, two points of strain to sort of flex your muscle a little bit, and as you're doing that, the fissures in your, your hands and forearms also, like, light up, and I described the room earlier as, like, a dim glow. Um... And and I think Baquan is is sort of like he, he's put he's positioned himself like near the door, but but like off on the wall, just away from everybody else. Um, and even he like his expression lights up a little bit because he's seeing it up close, not in the heat of battle. The lava bending or my my being spirit touched. The spirit touched specifically. You said he's by the door. Is he like a flight risk right now? Um, you, I think you're attentive. The three of you with Hana's here too, and she, Hana's probably in the doorway blocking him. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I can do this as of that argument I had with Gaijin. It takes a lot out of me, but it gets work done. I've never seen anything like this, Roshi. I have heard about it. Something similar, I should say, but not so drastic a change. It is like you are filling the earth with your chi, overloading it, perhaps. Yeah, that sounds about right. He looks to you, uh, Chet. Are you okay? You had seized up. Um, am I, like, normal now? <laughs> yeah, you, you've got, like, maybe very subtle jitters, but you, you're, you're overall, like, better. Uh, Still jolted, though. Like, that'll come into play later. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm not who we need to be concerned about right now. Do you say that, like, looking at Akeem? Yeah. He, like, whimpers like a, a, a wheeze, a wimp, like a weak wheeze. Jeez, oh, man. I'm fine, really. <sighs> Chet's gonna like take off his beetle hat and put it on a keen. I think maybe it's like maybe it's like just slightly too big for him and it like falls over his forehead a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get this? Um at the Beetle Kingdom. Beetle Kingdom? Uh, I thought you guys went to the spirit world. Uh well we went there first. It's a long story. Yeah, I thought I caught some of it with Roshi, but I'm in and out on a lot of things. I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize. 
I didn't mean to. He kind of like dozes off and rests his head on your shoulder and like slumps into like sleep almost. And Gangwan will say, he has been resting and napping a lot lately. I think it's best to let him. Is that a cue to leave? <laughs> oh, no, no, you, please. If anything, I think Akeem will recover very quickly now that you are around. You are kind of all he talked about, along with some musings on that over there. And he points to the armor on the, uh, on the desk. Did what now? <laughs> no, I, I, my sister's in the room. I was talking to her. I, I heard armor on the desk and when I tuned back in. What did he say? I loved it because that's probably what Roshi did too. Um, <laughs> well, Roshi, I, Akeem has, before his fight, um, had done some extensive research. His notes are over there. And he nods to the desk again near the, near the armor. Um, I am not so interested in the notes. I want Akeem to explain to me himself, but I am super drawn over to the armor. You will find it in nearly the same condition that it was in before. So Evan, I have a question about the armor. What is your question? Since I'm uh, spirit touched by the spirit who was sealed under where we found the armor uh, do I get a vibe that I should not touch this thing or that it's just a piece of armor no um, you know exact Roshi knows exactly what he's looking for when he goes to touch this thing or even get near it you don't feel any sort of vibe as far as you're aware this has always been just a normal piece of armor um, follow up question would this thing fit in the shell if I took all the dirt out? Yes. Yeah, it would. You would be able to, like, roll it up and, and such. I'm going to earthbend the remaining dirt out of the shell out the window where it's not going to, like, be, like, an issue. And I'm going to put the armor in my shell. Okay. And as you're doing that, um, Gengwan will avert his attention to, to Hana, who I presume is, like, standing in, standing at the door to keep Baquan from leaving the room. Um, and Yeah. How does Hana look? Uh, especially like after having come in here, seeing Akeem in his state, you just dropped off Chet and then Chet has begun to slowly recover. Listening to Roshi recount your tales as of late, hearing Gangwon explain what happened. Is there anything you need me, Emily, to reiterate, by the way? Um, I'm so sorry. I missed a little bit of the conversation between uh, Roshi and Gangwon. The conversation about the what happened here at Misty Palms, or the conversation about Roshi's changes? Um, at Misty Palms. Okay, so Gangwan uh, had explained that these two beasts came in, these two shear shoes, uh, with a like a bounty hunter, and they took a, a person from the Misty Palms Inn, who we above the table know was probably Marin, and then the bounty hunter uh, left after kicking Chet's ass. Um, Hana, Hana is putting on a brave face. She's looking more uh, subdued than usual, but she's just kind of holding down the fort. Is it a strain on Hana at all to sort of hide what she's really feeling, do you think? 
I'm trying Not to wonder, right like, now. are you tr Yeah. I think she's doing that thing that you tend to do when you have a close friend who's, like, having, like, freaking out about something, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I keep it together so that they can, you know, have this moment. Like, she's, right now, she's pretty put together. She's just keeping steady. So when Gangwon looks at you, Hana, he will, um, he'll quickly, like, avert his gaze to Bakwan and then, like, to Roshi at the back of the room, and he will, um, stand up and grab the, the basket of, of groceries, and he will ask, would you like to prepare breakfast with me, as we did on the road? Oh, um, uh, yes, I, I would, I would love that, actually. Um, I just want to make sure Bakwan's someone has an eye on him. Oh, don't worry about me. I got it. He can come sit with me at the table and I'll half-ass skim Akeem's notes waiting for him to wake up. Check and come sit with us too if you want. I'm gonna stay by. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, uh, all right, Gangwon and Hana will step out of the uh, out of this space, and there's sort of like a um, out of this room, and you're stepping out into sort of like a shared small square, like a small plaza. Um, there's a little bit of furniture out here. There's like two charcoal grills, kind of, um, and so you there's like a, a space that you could come out here and like prepare food or, or cook. Uh, there's a singular pump for water. Um, and and Gengwan will put the ingredients down on one of the like one of the picnic tables. Um, Hana will light one of the grills <laughs> with a little hand wave. Yeah, suffer a point of strain as you as you manifest a flame from nothing. Oh, ah, oh, that gets me every time. <laughs> Sorry. You needn't apologize for your abilities, Hana. I'm sure that you were monumental in helping your friends return here safely. That's a pretty big word, but I did help, yeah. He, like, grabs some of the fruit and begins, like, cutting it. Why did you go with them? Why not? They've come back. They, Sorry. They needed my help, so I went. He smiles at you and hands you, like, some of the food that he's prepared, like, cut already. Um, maybe some pineapple that he wants you to, like, throw on the grill. I can sense a conviction in you that belies your calmness, Hana. You, you only just met these people, and still you go out of your way to help them. It is commendable. I mean, you don't really have to know someone that well to want to help them, right? Hmm. <laughs> I suppose not. Having seen you all come back, some of you hurt, others transformed. Still, the others carry pain that may be hidden within. You are yeah. a good person, Hana. Thank you. I try to be. He, uh, he like dresses a fish that he's got in the basket. He's already finished like flaying it and getting the scales and the guts out. If you don't mind. This one, lightly sear it. Don't cook it. I can do that. These are not the lessons that I intended to teach you. I suppose what I want to say is that I am sorry. What for? I did not mean to uproot you from your life. It is clear that the danger you have all found yourselves in. I don't want it chasing you. You 
showed up and you might have invited me to leave, but I made that choice. Um, and I also made the choice to stay, to go with them. And that was all me. If you like, I can take you back to Omash, just the two of us. We can get you home. No, uh, I might not have been here at the beginning of it, but I at least would be here at the end. Whatever happens after that, I guess, I, I don't know, but I at least want to see this through. And he finishes, like, the, the preparation. Uh, there's, like, a, a tray that he's, you are helping him set up to bring back in to the friends. Is there anything that Hana asks Gangwan or wants to know? I would really like to send something back home to my family, but I'm kind of not sure how to do that right now. Oh, well, Hannah, I can help you write a letter. We can send by messenger, Hawk. That would be perfect. I didn't really expect to be gone this long. In, like, not in, like, the desert instead of, like, the city, where I think it would be easier. Did you really go to the spirit world? It certainly seemed like it, yeah. Were there bathrooms? Oh, wow, I didn't think about it. I don't know. <laughs> and we'll break from we'll break from, from that scene. Uh, as Gangwan assures you, he'll help you get a, a missive out on the messenger hawk. And we will... So we're going to bring it back to uh, Corin and Mariposa, who are being led by this blonde um, bartender from the Misty Palms Inn through Beggar's Alley. Um, you're, you've been brought to a portion of town and you see like Beggar's Alley is not an alley. It's actually like a series of tight corridors and like ramshackle buildings um, that are just kind of like built in in tiers, right? Like some, some of them get as high as three tiers, but very few. Um, and these ramshackle buildings are built in like a sort of bulbous extension on the far side of Misty Palms. The gate into the city is on the clear on the other side of town. As you guys are like marching through, you're having to you're having to like brush arms with people. You are having to like step over people um, sometimes who are just like sitting in the alleyway and like they're not budging, they're not moving. Um, and again, I describe them as alleyways, but like all of the streets are this tight. Um, Roll me, each of you roll me a, a a skill check of some sort. Give me a second. Cheap ending um, arts? Yes, I agree. Roll me survival. Uh, um, guile, got it. Or, or instinct. That's better. Roll me survival or instinct as you are being told by, uh, by this woman. Uh, who's leading you through here? That uh, you are being told that Beggar's Alley is a a no like theft here is a known hazard. Okay, uh, how difficult? Uh, this will be hard. Do I get any bonuses because of my background? Um, I think that's what like re- that's probably why you would use instinct Got it. instead of survival because I don't think Mariposa has instinct. Uh, no, I do not have the instinct. I have three two though. Hello. Two success. No threat or no threat or, or, or disadvantage or anything. Okay. 
And Mariposa? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't roll because I didn't have it. Can I still roll it? Mm-hmm. You can still, yeah, you can still roll one of them. Okay, yeah. how hard was it again? I'm sorry. Three purple. Three purple, okay. Did it's instinct or, um, what was the other one? Guile. Guile. Survival. 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 Yeah, my survival sucks worse than my instinct, so I will do that. Oh, oh wow, oh my god. Um. Oh shit. Okay, so two success and nothing else. I had three advantage and three threat, but canceled out. Oh good, okay. So both of you, um, after being told about like the hazards here, um, and, and like getting in these tight quarters and having to like walk by and brush it by people, you are able to, so far, like, you 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 feel confident in, in that you are able to walk through here without having been pickpocketed. I'm, um, I'm pretty sure without Corin's feeling and the look on his face right now, nobody's gonna probably want to pickpocket him. <laughs> Probably not. And as as you you guys are like walking by these people, you're walking by like elephant shrews on the ground, these tiny little like rodents running by and like stealing scraps of food from sometimes snatching them right out of like people's hands and just eating it anyway. Um, Mariposa, you spot on one of the walls of of like not the city, but like one of like the like one of these ramshackle walls uh, abutting one of the buildings. This like coyote-esque looking fed like feathered quadruped that like keeps looking at you and sniffing and like has been following you throughout this this particular area you guys are brought to um a not so nice looking tenement and uh the woman will explain that this is where Marin rented her flat okay um so this Coyote boy who's following me. Um, is it closely or is it at a bit of a distance? Eh, it's keeping its distance. Okay, good. Um, Mariposa is gonna clutch her bag closer to her, where she knows Song is sort of metamorphosizing. Okay. Do I notice that this thing's also following her? If Mariposa points it out. Uh, hey, hey there, Pepper. Uh, she's gonna take a little, uh, bit of food out of her bag and just toss it towards the coyote to sort of hopefully distract it and appease it from stalking. She's thinking that it maybe smells song, she's assuming, but she's gonna try and throw it some food and maybe it'll leave her alone. It, its eyes and, and head turn to, like, follow where the food lands on the ground, and it, like, perching on this, on this ledge, it, like, looks at it and then looks back at you and, like, you can see its snout sniffing. You you see on its head like the like this um like this red vibrant fleshy sack, and it like perks up when it looks at you. Oh, like a sack like like a rooster's comb. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was carrying something like a bag or if it had a comb like a rooster. Okay, cool. Um, uh, and she just sort of waves and keeps walking to where Marin's flat is. Um, when she points it out, do I see anybody that's moving along with this creature? Mm. It's basically using it to track. That's that's the, the my first thought. No, I, I I think I don't think no. There's probably not cause for because like there's so many like people around it. Like there's I don't think it would be possible for you to even know if any of these beggars have trained this animal or if it's just like a wild creature. Okay. 
it doesn't seem unusual that it's that the animal is around because there are other animals too. Okay. You're brought to this flat, and um, the woman will say that Marin lived on the second floor, um, j- the door on the left. Thank you. Uh, how are we going to get in if it's locked? She looks at Corn. I'm sure we'll figure out a way. Right. And he's heading right up to where she described the room was. Mary's toe. You guys make it up to uh, the the second floor. Um, and after climbing up the stairs, you can see uh, there's just these a door on the left and a door on the right. The door on the left, you were told, was Marin's room. And the door is partially ajar and off one of its hinges. Corn will walk up to the door and he'll pause, though, and he'll listen to see if he can hear anybody inside. Yeah, roll me an easy perception check. Hmm? One success. On the other side, you hear nothing but the small hiss of the wind. He'll uh, open the door and walk in. Wait. Corin, before he opens the door, she's going to grab onto him. Uh, what are we going to do if somebody's in here? You can leave that to me. Oh, okay, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, it's good to have a plan and stuff, you know. Being an ex-military, I'm sure you understand. He just looks to her for a second, kind of pauses, nods. If there's violence, I'll take care of it. If we need to talk to them... You take care of it. Deal. Deal. And then he pushes the door open. When you push the door open, only the, the only light in the room is coming from the light of the hallway behind you and the light through the single window uh, in, uh, in her entire flat. I described it as a flat because it is, in fact, just one, like, massive room. Mm. Um, the, the window going across the... The window, quote unquote, of the room is uh, adjacent to, or like on the left side of the door, so the front side of the building. And it is a window that goes along almost the entire length of the wall, Mm -hmm. and it's about mm, two feet up. So it's a long window. And the window itself has like, there's multiple segments in it, but like it's paper, basically. Like if you've ever seen that kind of like Japanese style, that's kind of what it looks like. So it's not really like a glass window, it's paper. Um, And it's been ripped to shit, all of it. In fact, as you open up, the light that you can see coming in through that ripped window, coming in through the back, shows you a very quintessential like room torn to shreds, as you've seen in like so many movies and TV shows. Mm -hmm. There is a bed, the stuffing of which has been like thrown all over the floor. The bed itself seems to be resting on the floor. There is what looks like a punching bag in like a, on the far side of the door. Um, but the punching bag that had sand, like the, has a, like a rip in it and like sand has poured out and collected beneath it. Um, there's a standing mirror that has been shattered and there's glass or, or mirror pieces all over the floor. There is a small desk uh, that has a, a chair thrown about. It's it's splintered pieces all over the floor. The desk itself has been like torn apart and thrown. Like there was stuff that was clear, like there, like a small clay, you know, terracotta pot that's now broken on the floor. There's papers on the floor, random books, maybe a journal. 
each of you, I think, gets an opportunity to say, like, what is one, something else that Marin might have in this room? Just one thing. Um, maybe when they walk in, there's a picture on the floor of, like, maybe a family picture of Marin and their parents and Mariposa. Maybe very young, obviously very young, but... Baby Mariposa. Maybe, this was a portrait. Yeah, baby yeah. This is like a really, I like that idea a lot. So there is a portrait, there's a portrait here, like a professional cameras were still like a, a new thing kind of, mm-hmm. but your family was well to do enough that like, they were like, let's, let's do this fun new luxury thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Mariposa was a baby here. And so like, there's a picture of like you and Marin are, are like clearly dressed up and mom and dad are like, making that serious face that a lot of people do in portraits, but like Marin is making, I don't know, a big smile mm-hmm. and Mariposa, like there's a, a quintessential, like your Mariposa, baby Mariposa is like eating something. Oh yeah. She's got like a cookie or something. Cause you wouldn't sit still. Chomping out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. It was, it was a, it was a uh, pacifying cookie for sure. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, what does Corin notice in here? Corin's uh, probably going to walk over to a part of the room and lean down, and he's going to pick up a nunchuck that matches the one that he turned into uh, the weapons office, or whatever, the the, the uh, official that demanded their weapons, to the one that he had on his belt. Yeah, I like that a lot. You, Corin, you'll step over near the punching bag. You'll, um, you'll see, like, along with a couple of other pieces of training equipment, maybe like a headband or like, like um, what's it called? A gi, mm-hmm. right? Um, you'll see, you'll see the nunchucks. Mm-hmm. He picks it up and he just kind of like clenches it in his fist and he hooks it on his belt in the same spot, the one that was been there the entire time that he never once used. What do you guys do when you step into this room? So you've already, you've noticed all these things. Do you think they came here first? And it's obvious Mariposa has like big big wet tears in her eyes like she's trying her best not to cry I don't know what sort of trouble your sister got in but they looks like they were looking for something at first I thought they were looking for us and then they took her instead that still might be the case but they're looking for something specific look at how they've ripped up apart, they've ripped apart everything in here yeah, but those creatures that they have trained, they're indiscriminate with how violent they are. As far as I know, I mean, just them running through here just looking for her could have caused any part of this damage, I feel like. They're too big to fit in here. Is that true? I mean, I, I assume so, but... I mean, they're pretty noodly. Um, they're pretty they're, they're big. They're big. It, maybe one might have been able to come in here, but not both of but them. But just up on the second floor? There'd have been signs in the hallway. It was a, we're gonna say it was a big hallway. No, okay. And a big enough staircase. Does it look like, it, does it look like an animal was ripping things apart? Or does it look like somebody was cutting things up with a blade looking for something? Like, does this look like a well, search or a, or a thrash? Well, you're in the room. Why don't you, uh, if you guys are looking around the room, why don't you make me a perception check? Okay. Hard. Uh, average. Two, so that's two purple. One success and one threat. Um, wash. I gotta wash. Alright, so with one success and one threat between the two of you, um, Corin 
You, Mariposa, I think you're maybe just too distraught to pick up on any details in here. Corin, you will find like a tuft of fur uh, in, in like near the bed, you know, just on the ground somewhere. You'll find like a tuft of fur, like bestial fur. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does look like there are animal, like paw scratches on one of the walls. So they weren't here. They must have come here first before they went to the park. And I mean, all of these things that seem to be torn up seem to be things that she used. And they're tracking her scent. What the hell do they want with her, though? I don't know. I, Corin, the last time I saw Marin, I was a child. It's been a long time since I've seen her, too. She changed her appearance the last time I saw we saw her here. She looked different. I mean, I don't know about you the last time you saw her, but she had changed how she looked since the last time I saw her. Do you think that was for... I mean, I hate to say nefarious reasons, or do you think she was trying to hide herself, or do you think it was just something fun and exciting? I mean, she wouldn't need to hide from you for any reason. No. But, let's put it like this. I didn't grow my hair and my beard out just because I felt like it. Well, I mean, it's hard to shave yourself in the ocean, I'm sure. I had knives. Okay, well, razor burn is kind of a bitch, so... It is. (laughs) <laughs> she dyed her hair, Cora, and she was blonde when she left home. She was hiding. Yeah, exactly. That was my point. She was hiding. Who was she hiding from? Do you know? No. I mean, I don't... No, I haven't maybe. asked much about your history with her just because I didn't want to pry, but now it seems like a conversation might be in order. Well, when I met your sister, she saved me. I was adrift. And she found me and brought me in and started taking care of me. Saved my life. And during that time, at some point, these men came looking for her. I got rid of them. For her? For her. Who were they? Thugs, I don't know. Thugs? Looked like they were coming to collect some sort of money. They came looking for her, and I disposed of them. She wouldn't let me finish the job. She didn't like that, so I spared them. But I took care of them at the time. Could be related, but that was... Could be. It was a long time ago. Listen, I might not know a whole lot about Marin, but I doubt that there are multiple entities of business searching for her in such a violent way, and I'm certain it's related. You don't know anything about them at all? At the time, I assumed they wanted some sort of protection money or something. It's a common racket. Where are we going to start? We have to find her. She could be in a lot of trouble. I mean, Omashu's the biggest city around, and we have to go there anyway because of Akron. I mean, we could start looking there, ask questions. I mean, a woman in a white dress hunting on one of those things? It sounds Jade. pretty... Yeah. Her name is we... White Jade. How do you know her name? Because I know who she is. What do you know about her? Who does she work for? What does she do? She's what, you didn't s- tell me? You know who she is? You were frantic. I wanted to give you time. I'm just impassioned. I'm sorry. You don't have any idea what that feels like. You have the emotional span of a teaspoon. You have no idea what I'm going through. <laughs> he just looks over at her and stares for a moment. We don't have time for looks. White Jade is an assassin and a bounty hunter and a damn good one. Well, if she's a damn good bounty hunter, then I'm sure that somebody's going to be able to tell her something about her. 
who she is, where she works out of, and he hell, maybe we can even pose as It doesn't clients. matter where she's out of, she goes everywhere. I know, but if we're looking for her to hire her, we can have her come to us. We don't have to hunt her down if we think she's if she thinks we're looking for her for a job. If she was looking I don't for care. your sister, she knows who you are. She might even know who. Well, she doesn't know who any of the other friends are, and I can disguise myself. She she might not know who I am. Whenever Marin left, she made a pretty good deal out of distancing herself. Marin disguised herself. Yeah, so maybe she, they have no idea. I mean, I never had problems back at the at the trader in, at home. She'd been gone for how many years? And nobody had ever once come to our place or set any sort of threat. And, and she's my sister, so I'm going to do whatever it takes. So if I have to pretend that I'm hunting somebody down for whatever reason, I will do it. And when I see her, oh boy, she's in trouble. I am going to lay down the snack on her. I tell you what. Take a deep breath. No! Calm heads always prevail. Okay, well sometimes it's good to let your emotions go. It's good to let yourself feel them. When you bottle things up, it makes you crazy. Maybe it does. Maybe I'm just waiting to open up that bottle. Maybe we can find somebody outside that might know something. She must have asked around a little bit. With a creature like that, she wouldn't have needed to ask around. Mm. It would have sniffed her out lickety-split, or sniffly-sniffed. Mariposa, make me an instinct check. How hard. You succeeded earlier on the nature check knowing what those creatures were, so easy with a boost die. Ooh, easy with a boost die. You gotta do. All right. Oh, oh, I am, I am three in she. Oh, it's my lucky day. Oh my god, that is- oh, My purple die was blank! I got- Hold on. Three success. And four advantage. When you say that, Mariposa, it dawns on you. With three success. That you gave her your headband. Or, or a silky from your hair. <gasps> and she tied it around her wrist the night that you left Misty Palms before going to see Wong Rock. And with the advantage, you remember getting injured at Shu Jing when climbing over Cabbage Corp's barbed fence and getting tended to by a doctor inside, having ripped your clothes and throwing gauze in the trash. Oh my god. And Mariposa has this sudden realization that Corin is wrong and they are after you. It's my fault. 